Hey guys, it's Nate and it's time for Bite-Sized. Uh, so I don't have anything super heavy to talk about. And this is actually take number two. Uh, unlike one one shot or one, one take, Wes, uh, I need multiple takes to sometimes get my things done. Uh, but I did want to take a couple minutes and maybe talk like just for briefly, you know, some spicy ish takes on uh, just some recent ish news in, in, in game stuff and sort of weigh in a little bit um, as far as anything specific. And like I had done a previous iteration of this where I was sort of like trying to react to headlines and sort of do a little bit of a, a bite sized news segment. And frankly, uh, there wasn't anything that was really popping up. And so I'm, you know, whatever. Sorry. It was, it, you weren't re really missing out on that much. Um, what, so what I thought I might do is take a couple minutes each to talk about three of like the, the bigger headlines or bigger sort of stories, um, or one one each rather one for nintendo one for sony or for playstation and one for microsoft and sort of just like bigger stories that i had seen so let's kick this off with um but a hacker by the name of gary bowser was released from prison um recently i think within the last couple of days and in 2021, he had been sentenced to 40 months in prison and fined 14 and a half million dollars. And and the the article I'm referencing is uh the the art IGN, their write up by Rebecca Valentine. Um, so the article sort of indicates that he was indicted back in 2020 alongside Max Luarn and uh, Yuaning Chen. Uh, I probably butchered that last name, but uh, they were part of Team Executor. It's a hacking ring um, that basically allowed, uh, they sold chips that allowed uh, users to play pirated games. So ultimately, even though he had a smaller role in the operation, um, because apparently he did marketing PR, which that's weird. Um, he was the only one of the three that was ultimately tried and convicted in the U.S. Chen, a Chinese national, was never arrested, and Luan was never able to be extradited to the U.S. He was initially charged with 11 felonies, including wire fraud, conspiracy to circumvent technological measures, trafficking circumvention devices, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. He pled guilty to two of the charges and was sentenced to uh, a four and a half, initially a four and a half million dollar fine, and later a ten million dollar additional fine, as well as uh, the the forty months in prison. So he he was, did an interview on uh, with a, a guy named Nick Moses on on Nick Moses' podcast. Um, apparently, he he got out for uh, early on good behavior, and. Uh, he goes on to state that out of the fourteen and a half million that he owes Nintendo, he's only been able to pay off one hundred seventy five dollars uh, so far. Uh, take in uh, so they t they took that in twenty five dollar uh, monthly installments from his income from a job in the prison library. Um, so his wages will continue to be do uh, garnished until the full amount is paid off. Though his agreement with Nintendo only allows them to uh, take 25 to 30 percent of his pay uh, he also stated that um, 
While Team Executor earned at least tens of millions of dollars on proceeds, he only got a small fraction of that. I had read an article that put uh, his earnings at roughly three hundred and twenty-five to three hundred fifty thousand dollars, or something like that. Um, and it's just sort of this is a. Uh, goes on to talk about how Nintendo has historically been extremely aggressive when dealing with hackers and other perceived violations of its copyright. Uh, they've gone after influencers, monitors, ROM sites, and other video games. Um, and and I think this is a, the, the, the U.S. District Judge uh, Robert Lasnik reportedly has said that Bowser Sentence was in part a message to deter other hackers. Uh, I mean, this is kind of, it's, it is shockingly like sort of heavy handed, I, I guess I would say, um, even though we know that Nintendo has been fairly litigious in the past. And so it's just it's an interesting kind of situation where he just got the book thrown at him. I mean, I, granted, what he was doing was probably morally wrong, but this just feels like a little um I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about this. And, you know, especially coming from a company and, and again, I'm, I'm not advocating for cheat cheating or stealing. Um, you know, pirated games are typically stolen games, but, uh, what I will say is that in light of just like some of like the less than, uh, friendly consumer friendly moves that Nintendo has made and, and just sort of like the elimination of the eShop and stuff like that. And yes, there's the whole subscription service and junk, but it just, I don't know. That one leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Um, so let's move on to uh, PlayStation and oh, PSVR two news. Um, Cause I read somewhere that, the PlayStation VR 2 is underperforming, even though I've heard it's an absolutely amazing piece of tech. I think it has just, and, and did it, I've seen a lot of, uh, oh, okay. So here's an article from Push Square from three days ago. And this is uh, PSVR 2 sales. Yeah, I agree. Uh, may actually be stronger than has been suggested. Huh. Estimates paint a more positive picture. And so this was uh, published last Saturday at 8.30 a.m. by Sammy Barker over at PushSquare.com. So, and he goes on to write that earlier in the month, a Bloomberg report uh, cited analysis from IDC's France, Francisco Ger Geronimo uh, suggesting that PSVR 2 was off to a slow start and would need a price cut to avoid complete disaster. Um, they're going to write this prompted plenty of hand-wringing from enthusiasts who pointed to many perceived problems with the product, including its cost, software selection, and lack of backwards compatibility, which are all kind of eh, like not ideal. But uh, more context suggests that the headset may not be off to the same dismal start has been reported, however. Bloomberg anticipates that the PSVR 2 sold between 270 thousand and three hundred thousand units from launch to to the end of march which would actually be make it the fastest selling wired headset ever released in fact it took psvr five months to reach nine hundred fifteen thousand units while psvr2 may have managed that managed a third of that in one um now the danger here is that sales could slow to a crawl especially when it's only available from ps direct in many major territories it's also worth noting that the 270k to 300 thousand is an estimate and hasn't been confirmed by the japanese giant um 
we might learn more about PSVR 2's actual install base during the company's next earnings call. Um, they go on to write, uh, regardless of whether the headset has started slow or strong, we still think the organization needs to show more of its hand and outline what kind of software we can look forward to for the device in the coming months. Our first hands-on with Firewall Ultra painted a promising picture of the future, but as the only Sony published project in the peripherals pipeline, there needs to be more. Um, so just taking a beat on that real quick, uh, you know, uh, I'm in, interested in this. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not really a, a Sony pony. I I've been much more Sony, uh, centric in the last couple of years. Uh, just, you know, since, well, I mean, originally I was a 360 guy, um, and then in the the uh, the PS4 uh, Xbox One era, I made the tra- I made the transition initially over to PS3, and then uh, PS4 into uh, PS5. And uh, you know, there there's a rumored uh, Q Light device, which is a streaming device, and and I'm waiting more details. But as somebody who really enjoys his backbone, if um, the the Q Light performs as well or better than uh, a backbone um i might be interested because i i like streaming i I like the the remote play um it's kind of it it gets a fair amount of use in our house um so there's that uh as far as you know and again it's i think the the big thing here is like the the biggest sort of critique i can level at that is what i've heard is that while the library is not bad um for psvr2 uh, there's no real like killer apps um a lot of people have talked about like uh call of the mountain the the horizon game is good but they don't feel like it's really a must play sort of experience it lacks the 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 half-life 2 vr game uh kind of like buzz or hype so it's it's like definitely Eventually, I'm 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 interested in PSVR two, and like you know, sort the jury's still pretty out on that. So, last but not least, uh, let's talk a little bit about Xbox. And there was a couple things in here, and it's like, guys, like here's the deal: I'm gonna kind of be beating up on Xbox because it's they just make it so easy. Um, there were a couple things, and they're all sort of related. Um, so there's there's a few articles here, and again, I'm just I just googled Xbox News here, and um, there's a report uh, according to Digital Foundry that Ghostwire Tokyo uh, actually performs uh, significantly worse on uh, Xbox. Uh, series X and S than it does on PS5. Um, so there's, like I said, uh, there's a, an article from Eurogamer. Um, Pure Xbox has an article, and Game Rant. Both all, all three of those, like, sort of showed up at the top here. So if you want to go check one of those out, um, there's also sort of the uh, Redfall debacle, which. Um, you know, Redfall is has they. It's been confirmed. It's it's coming out this year, but it's coming out initially with 
without a 60 frames per second mode as only a 30 a 30 fps modes um and I think like the big thing that I've heard there and the big sort of like gig there, and I think some of this is overblown, um, but this is a first person shooter. It's a co-op sort of multiplayer experience. And the fact that it's not 60 frames uh, is, is kind of at the very least, I'd say a little concerning, uh, especially since this is a first party title. Um, and I think it's already been delayed once. And since Microsoft has sort of positioned itself like the Xbox as the most powerful console, the fact that they can't get a first party game to run at 60 frames a second is yeah, it's, a, it's a little problematic. Uh, in addition, uh, you know, there was an, an article and, it, and I think what sort of there, there's an article that uh, written by Paul Tassie over at Forbes. Uh, he wrote a couple days ago that, uh, and the the article here is uh, uh, this the 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 article is titled "I Have Some Concerns About Xbox and Game Pass." And again, Paul Tassi over at Forbes writes this, um, and he he sort of remarks on the fact that Xbox has really had a, a pretty problematic rollout, and it's honestly they've had a really rough decade uh, for the most part. Um, like the 360 was a massive success, but the Xbox One era. Um, they really, um, they got clobbered, uh, and we don't have the exact numbers, but they do estimate that they lost the sales, uh, sort of the, the sales race to the PS4 by like a two to one margin. Um, and so he, but he does go on to write here in the actual article that he, and he, and I'm quoting him now we are two and a half years into the Xbox series S and X generation and things were supposed to be different. Microsoft did learn from their mistakes with their hardware and produced a powerful, relatively non-controversial console. They have bought up an enormous number of talented studios that were supposed to start cranking out games to rival Sony and Nintendo Slate. That has not happened yet, and it still feels like the first potentially mega su successful blockbuster they produce may be Starfield this coming fall, which was delayed a full year. But even that is not a guarantee. Um, and he goes on to say that it's not to say that Xbox hasn't had any hits. Um, in fact, I think the other year they had. Uh, it, he goes to, to he goes on to mention this. He's like they, they they did in fact win Publisher of the Year on Metacritic in in 2021 with high scores for games like Microsoft Flight Simulator, Forza Horizon, and Psychonauts 2. Um, and recently they surprised everyone with the instant launch of the quite fun Hi-Fi Rush. But it feels like the major success stories end there. Um, and he goes on to write that there seems to be an undercurrent of mismanagement among first-party studios, new and old, when it comes to large-scale releases. And and I think like, and the, the the things he talks there the the new we haven't seen anything from the new Fable game, uh, Perfect Dark or Avowed. Like you know those there's a lot of radio silence. Um, and there's he he goes on to say that there's whispers that some of the projects may be undergoing difficulties, particularly like I've seen rumors about Perfect Dark and the problem. The the highest profile released in the last three years has been Halo Infinite, and he goes on to write here, which had some initial enthusiasm. I mean, it's, and it's apparently a, a really good game, but um, really has struggled to find its grit, like its footing as a live service game, and it's taken a really long time for them to get. The, the game that part of the game to be in an okay state and it's actually um you know for 343 i think it's just sort of it's brought up a lot of questions about 343 and how that student that studio 
is being run. Uh, um, and then he goes on to mention Redfall and Starfield. Uh, they're two Bethesda-based productions. And it's well, it's too early, and, and I'm reading from the article again here. But while it's too early to judge those final products, Redfall was delayed six six plus months and is still launching without a six, 60 FPS option. Starfield was delayed an entire year after confidently uh, projecting a specific November 11th, 2022 release date. Um, and and again, he he goes on to sort of like talk about Xbox Game Pass, etc. Um, but I think he just points out that, like, you know, Microsoft is actually in a pretty troublesome state right now, um, or troubled state right now. And, I mean, like, here, here's the reality. Um, and I know I can be pretty hard in it, and I don't like some of the future that I think Xbox is trying to pedal with Game Pass. But what I would really like to see is, I'd like to see all three, uh, Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox, Xbox, or Microsoft here, find some footing i mean like i think you know sony's like crying and bemoaning the the loss of call of duty and everything else and actually i think i read somewhere that like x defiant has outperformed call of duty i and again that one I, I i wasn't paying that much attention to it but it's like you know all of the abk stuff aside um i think right now all three of these companies, like Nintendo's fine. They'll always be fine. You know, Tears of the Kingdom looks like it's going to be a certified banger. They're going to sell a bunch of those uh, OLED uh, Tears of the Kingdom special edition uh, switches. Like Nintendo's going to be fine. And and honestly, like I, I think I, I, I said, like there's an event going on for Nintendo later on um, this year and i'm pretty sure that they're going to be unveiling like i'm fairly confident that they're going to be unveiling the the next version or the 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 switch successor the super switch whatever you want to call it um sony i think has struggled a little bit and i think mostly that's just like the, their unwillingness i mean logan and uh, micah over on the trg podcast they they were talking about this recently but i think like the biggest struggle is like they're they're shackling themselves to like the ps4 generation um because there's a lot of ps4s out in the wild i i don't remember the the exact numbers but it's a significant amount um and you don't want to leave that audience behind unnecessarily but i think like some of the biggest things that i've noticed is like technically is like you know i love god of war ragnarok but there were times where I was a little frustrated because it felt like a PS4 game and it could have been so much more than that. Um, and again, I, I get it. It was probably being designed for PS4 to begin with, but uh, all that being said, I think like I just kind of read some of these articles and again, I, you know, I like to kind of beat up on Microsoft cause like they've got all the money and you know, they have thrown money at this, this thing for years and just, for whatever reason, haven't been able to crack the nut. And so like what I, like I said, I I'd like to, to see all three of them reach sort of a healthy state. And I don't hate the idea of each one of them sort of carving out like their own sort of thing in the market. Um, and I think that that's really what needs to happen, but I think there's room in the market for all three. Um, but, but we'll see. Like I said, it. I am a little concerned about Microsoft at this point. I just feel like, like I said, the stuff with Redfall, um, you know, Starfield, and and granted, these are Bethesda 
well, Redfall is technically arcane, but arcane is not a super, these, they tend to make Sims like these, so these, these deep Sim games like Dishonored and Elder Scrolls and that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of stuff that happens underneath the surface that probably like chews up a ton of sort of like processor, um, power and bandwidth, but yeah. Like I said, so that's just some, like, I don't know. I don't think they were super spicy takes. I think, you know, all three of them are, you know, Nintendo as usual is just sort of doing its own thing and killing it. Uh, Sony is just, eh, I don't know what Sony's doing either. <laughs> like, you know, personally, I think, you know, I'm, I'm interested in sort of some of the, the tech pieces that they're sort of putting out there. Um, we, we, like I said, the, the, the stuff with the PSVR two, it's a, we'll see. And, you know, we'll see how that sort of, I don't think that, you know, just sort of doubling back. I don't think they're going to see like wild numbers with PSVR two, even though it's a, supposed to be a heck of a piece of kit. So I, I think it's going to be, that's more of an enthusiast device. And what I really think they ought to do with that is just open it up to like the PC community. But, um, and again, but like I said, the, the biggest sort of question mark is just like, what what's going on with Microsoft? There's just seems to be a lot of problems over there. So anyways, that that's all I got, guys. And, you know, like I said, it, it not so spicy takes. I guess they're a little spicy. I don't know. They're, they're just some some takes on the news. Um, Nate takes on the news. I don't know. But hey, uh, anyways, guys, it's been a bite sized. You know the things, and until next time, just be good. Do the things, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.